wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. It has been a few weeks uh, since we've had a, uh, an a episode, uh, but, uh, you know, con- conflicting schedules and uh, sickness and life it happens sometimes but hey we're here tonight uh and we're going to be talking uh some great wrestling some great music uh but before i can even get this started i have got to bring on my co-host cohort it's awesome funny random doesn't make any sense but it's good host i'm talking about chris rock and roll plano chris what is going on Oh, terrific, Tony. Hope you're doing well. I know it's been a few weeks. We, uh, You're talking about conflicting schedules, vacations, work, everything else going on. But, man, I'm, I'm excited tonight. We're talking wrestling. We're talking some rock and roll. Uh, and I think we're even going to touch on your career a little bit. So looking forward to tonight's program. Man, it's, it, it, I tell you, it's crazy when I sit and think about uh, how quick time and life goes by. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, like I remember as a kid growing up, I, I hear my, my dad always tell me, he'd say, I'd say, I can't wait till I get 21. He's like, well, when you get 21, you're going to wish that you were 18 again. And, uh, right. and man, he, was he right? Cause he, he told me, he said, man, we, Tony, he said, when you get 21, it's like the years are going to fly by. But for me, it wasn't 21. It was 40. <laughs> when I hit 40, it's like time was like life was just going by like crazy. But, uh, wow. But I'll tell you what, you know, I, I can't ask for a better life. Uh, life is good. Um, but Chris, it's been a little, it's been a minute since, since we gotten together. Uh, what's been going on with you? Man, it's, it's just been crazy the last few weeks here, Tony, with uh, work. We started school today and, uh, I, I slid down to Myrtle beach, uh, for a few days as well, uh, a, a week or so ago. And, uh, Getting ready to head home to Connecticut for a big uh, family wedding, uh, Labor Day weekend, and there's a lot going on right now. And hey, even slipped and saw a WWE wrestling show live in uh, in Charlotte, which was nice uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. So just a lot going on, concerts, and oh, where, where do I stop? The list goes on and on. That that's great, Chris. I mean, and 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 that's and that that's what I like to talk about is how that. You know, um, I know that we're in the middle, we're still in the middle. It seems like this has been the same thing that we've said on the podcast for the last two years, but it's, it's like, we're stuck in the middle of this, this, uh, pandemic and we can't just get, we, we can't seem to shake it. Uh, but, but all in all, you know, we, we keep pushing forward. We, we, we keep living our life. We don't try to sit back and go, well, I'm not going to do this because, uh, the COVID is out there. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I got my shot. I know you got yours. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm just, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to push a shot on anybody. Uh, the binge buster show is far from political. <laughs> that's for sure. But, uh, man, you know, I'm just ready to get this thing over with so we can get back. Uh, I was devastated this past weekend. I, I'd been looking forward to it for a while, but I had, uh, I think, I think we had like third or fourth row seats, 
to the kiss show there in raleigh mm-hmm. i was so excited about it and then the day before the show i find out that paul stanley tested positive for covid um so that shut that down so i'm still waiting to hear when that's going to be rescheduled so hopefully here in the next uh you know next month or so but who knows it might be next year but hey even if it is next year at least i got something to look forward to next year of seeing kiss uh, and hopefully Motley Crue. I know you and I got tickets for that right. for that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. But before we get any further, uh, I want to touch base on um, our podcast tonight. And uh, and you know I was scrambling trying to think. Man, you know I, I had a subject in mind, but I thought no, I'm gonna hold off on that one. Uh, so I thought uh, it, it was brought to my attention because you know I don't keep up with stuff, but um, you know. This uh, last last week, uh, I celebrated my anniversary in the wrestling business. I started my training uh, in uh, July of 1993, had my first match in December of 93, and uh, it's just been nonstop ever since. And here we are, you know, uh, uh, 28 years later, and I'm still wrestling, and uh and I'm, I'm very lucky and I'm booked, you know, over the next few, well, the rest of the year. And I've got two huge matches coming up um, and uh, with, with some NWA legends. I can't wait for that. Uh, I know um, October, uh, I've, I've got a big show with the NAWA and Lenore. And I'm, uh, I'm going to find me a partner and wrestle the NWA uh, multi-tag team champions, the Rock and Roll Express and the I, I think after that, I think I can retire because now I finally got to to <laughs> wrestle um, who I've always wanted to wrestle, the Rock and Roll Express. I've wrestled them before, but never together, so I'm excited. But uh, oh man, <laughs> but it's gonna be great, Chris. That that that's gonna be awesome, Tony. Well, number one, congratulations. You know, uh, you know, another year in your books. Uh, you know, on on the career, and I know you're you're one of the hardest working men behind the scenes in the business. Uh, that a lot of people don't see. All they see is just you in the ring, you know, and, and that's all they, they really see. But, man, to get in the ring with WWE Tag Team Hall of Famers, the Rock and Roll Express, who have been in there with the best, as both as tag teams, as single wrestlers, all I know is whoever your partner is, I'm going to put money down that you're going to start the match no matter what. Oh, I, yeah. Hey, hey I, already, I already told him. I told I told, told the promoter, I said, hey, I don't care who you put me with, but I'm taking the double drop kick. <laughs> Damn it. I'm taking the mm. double drop kick. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited, man. It's like, it's like when I go back in my, my memory, and that's kind of where I want to go with this podcast tonight, uh, as we're going to be discussing 1993. 93 was, mm-hmm. uh, was a big year for me. You know, it was when I started my training. Um, I had a, a lot of people probably don't know this, but. I was a diehard wrestling fan from the time I was probably eight years old all the way up until I was in high school. Uh, and I guess around 90, probably 90 or 91, I, I quit watching wrestling. I, I thought I was going to be a rock star. So I got me a drum kit and started mm-hmm. playing. But um, so so I, I kind of missed a couple of years of wrestling. And uh, and then I got the opportunity to uh, start training in '93, and that's kind of what got me back into watching wrestling. And um, but anyway, um, 
I don't, I don't get too hit too far ahead of my show, but uh, but before I get into the wrestling and and about my uh, about my career, I want to touch base, uh, kind of paint a picture for some of our younger listeners at home about some of the 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 cool things that was going on in 1993. Um, the top films of the year included um, Jurassic Park, which right now my seven my six year old son. That's like one of his favorite shows or favorite movies mm-hmm. is Jurassic Park. And, of course, we, we, we have the whole trilogy, and we watch it a bunch of times. But uh, then the other one was a was a uh, classic comedy, Chris, Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, that movie, uh, <laughs> there were so many funny lines in that movie from Robin Williams. I mean, he, he was a – he I miss that guy. He was so funny, um, such a lost soul. But, man, Chris – it seemed like every movie he put out, it was just great. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, Robin Williams, I remember him in Mork and Mindy and, <laughs> you know, the, the, the sitcom and everything he did. He was one of the, you know, one of the best comedians, you know, of, of, of all time. And, you know, no matter what he did, he just, uh, he always just seemed to fit in no matter what his role was. So, yeah, no, you're. Turning back the clock for me, 93, God, for me, I was up in Providence, Rhode Island. I mean, partying or whatever, you know, in college. And, um, you know, it was a good good time for me then, you know, that that, that early to, 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 to mid-90s before I made my descent in the mid-90s down to, uh, down to the Carolinas. Well, Chris, I was kind of like you in 93. Uh, I hadn't started uh, training wrestling yet, but I was working as a cashier. Um, at, I won't say the grocery store, but I was working in a grocery store and, um, I was a cashier. Um, I had gotten promoted to head cashier and what head cashier means is when they hire new people, uh, I was in charge Mm -hmm. of of training them and teaching them how to run a cash register. And again, young kids at home listening, uh, back in my day, we didn't have the scanners. You, you literally had to punch in. 99 cent a dollar 99 produce general uh meat department whatever uh but man i was so fast with my fingers it was crazy and um and chris uh during that time i started realizing that um you know i had a little nature boy in me and Mm -hmm. as as i was in charge of training these cashiers uh i also would say hey you know after uh after we get off work tonight you got any plans Cause if you don't, I do, <laughs> you know, and that's when I realized, I realized right. that, um, once I get into wrestling, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like my idol, Ric Flair. And, uh, and I was in a lot of ways, but, um, but man, it was, uh, it was, it was great. Uh, uh, and uh but it was it was it was a fun time for me in 93 but uh i'm trying to get try not to get off subject here but back to 93 um michael jackson gives his first interview in 14 years on the oprah winfrey show and the the interview earned a spot in the most watched interviews in all of television history now you think about that for a minute 14 years Mm -hmm. he went without doing a, a a television interview that's I think that added to his mystique, wouldn't you say, Chris? Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, his music, his mystique, um, you know, the minimal shows of touring that he did, I mean, it kind of all, you know, blended together. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, and, and anyone that can get an interview with him, you know, was going to take it <laughs> no, matter, no matter what. So 
maybe some of it could have been timing, but you know, absolutely 14 years. You don't really see much of that, uh, um, you know, anymore. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it, it was great to see, uh, you know, to hear that the other, the other story about Michael Jackson, um, was Michael Jackson, uh, he was, uh, he, he done the halftime show during the Super Bowl in 1993, uh, where he, his performance resulted in huge ratings success for the, uh, for the NFL and actually is when it started a trend for them to, um, to book these, uh, big name acts to, uh, perform during the Super Bowl halftime show. So Michael, so that, that's something else that Michael Jackson helped start and as we know now, every time Super Bowl comes around, we're excited to, to, to find out who the halftime show is going to be. And, Chris, I know you're a big football fan. And over the years, we've had some really good uh, performances and we've had some really bad ones. Um, looking back over the years, who would you say was, was your favorite halftime show? Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Gosh, there were so many of them. I mean, oh, boy. Jesus football i mean you know i mean you know I, I think when you two performed i'd have to say that was a really good one um you know i mean geez there's just so god you know darn many i mean you know michael jackson i mean um kiss you know like you know, kiss <laughs> absolutely and if, um, and of course we, we we can't forget the best one of all is when janet janet jackson janet, <laughs> janet jackson right janet jackson costume um you know mal malfunction and yeah uh i mean the list goes like bruno mars i believe has done the halftime show prince yeah uh, um, so, um as well there's been a lot i of mean them. the list goes on and on when it comes to the pop culture uh you know and end of things certainly yeah i mean it, it, it it's, it's great to, to know that michael jackson started all that and incidentally uh, a lot of you people i know on this podcast I always talk about motley crew and how much i i like motley crew but I'll tell you, as a kid, man, I was the, probably the biggest Michael Jackson mark out there, man. I loved Beat It and Thriller. That was always my, my two favorite you know, Michael Jackson songs to go to. Um, and then, of course, as I got older and listened to more, I'm like, man, I didn't know he sang that song, too, you know? And uh, so, uh, you know, King of Pop, man, Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, there's no one bigger and. You know, it it was great for for mainstream music, and um, you know, I mean, he 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 did a he did everything for the industry, and it made a lot of people a lot of money along the way as well. Yeah, I mean, he really did. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about in music, and then we're gonna move on to wrestling. Uh, also, ninety three marked Guns N' Roses completed the last performance on their Use Your Illusion tour. And that gig was also the last time that the original band members all played together on stage together. So the Use Your Illusion tour was the final tour of the original members of Guns N' Roses. Um, I would I, I I didn't know that, Chris. Were Were you aware of that? I was not aware of that. Um, though you know that the early '90s was an interesting year for bands. I mean, you kind of had the '90s bands were kind of trying to push, I think, some of the 80s bands out a little bit. What you had it was, what, it was Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And, yeah, you know, it was an interesting time for rock and roll music. Um, um, I even think in 93, 94 is when Vince was doing some of his solo stuff and not even yeah. uh, was touring with Motley Crue because I saw 
because Vince opened up for uh, uh, for Van Halen on the Right Here uh, Right Now tour. Right, exactly. So um, yeah. if I'm, I believe that was in '93. If I'm yeah, not mistaken, you're um, right. Uh, Vince left Motley Crue, I think, the end of '92 uh, or you know around '92, mm-hmm. and then what what was what was crazy about it was he left Motley Crue. And at the time they were working on an album, but he didn't like it. And then they had an argument and he left. Um, but Vince put out an album before Motley Crue. And incidentally, Chris, if you go back and look, Vince Neil solo record, um, uh, it, 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 it had, it done better than Motley Crue's, um, new album sales. And I think the reason being, uh, and I, and, and I'll, I'll say this to the day I die, I think that had Motley Crue, when they fired Vince or Vince quit, whatever the whatever the story you want to listen to, happened, and Motley Crue, I'm talking about Mick, Nikki, and Tommy, uh, and when they went and hired John Karabi, I feel like had they not used the name Motley Crue and called themselves something else, I believe that album would have done way way much better. The problem is you had so many crew heads that loved Vince that love Vince. And then, right. and then they hired John Karabi. John and Vince are two different voices, two different singers, two different styles. Um, and I think that the Motley Crue fans didn't appreciate the uh, new sound, uh, I, I guess you'd say. Yeah, it was a tough time. I will say this. We, uh, we did catch – I was going in Mansfield, Mass. It was great with amphitheater back there, kind of like with TNC Music Amphitheater here in Charlotte. And mm-hmm. Van Halen was there right here right now. You know, Sammy Hagar and, 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 you know, Michael Anthony and Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen. And then Vince was opening up and we pulled up and we're tailgating in the parking lot. I remember this vividly still 93. Right. And the buddies I was with, I think I was with four or five other guys. They didn't want to go in. They're like, ah, nah, it's Vince. He's solo. I'm like, we're well, still singing the tunes. I mean, they're like, no, nope, no, nope, no Tommy, none of the other guys. And, you know, and so we, I, I, I wanted to go in. I was outvoted, so I ended up staying outside. And I, I, I missed Vince. We heard him. We heard him from the parking lot. I mean, we heard him playing. Don't get us wrong, but right. you know. But uh, they were also kind of a little bit healing on the whole Motley Crue thing at that point, a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah. Just what was going on with the band, and they're like, ah, he's just opening up, playing a few tunes. And so we stayed in the line. We actually missed that, but we got in in time. And then Van Halen blew it out. Yeah, I I think that if I remember, I saw Vince on a solo tour, but um, it was you know years later. I think it was like two thousand. It was it was in two thousand something like two thousand two or two thousand. It had to be two thousand two, two thousand three. But um, mm-hmm. Poison came around Greensboro Coliseum. Uh, I believe it was Poison, Faster Pussycat and Vince Neil, or yeah. maybe, uh, seems like or Cinderella, maybe Cinderella. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was yeah. poison Cinderella and Vince Neil. Uh, and they played the Greensboro Coliseum and I went to that show and, uh, uh, but man, you know, Vince and uh, I mean, I, I think Vince's solo band sounds, sounds great too. And, uh, even his debut, um, record, uh, exposed man, it, it has some great songs on it. It did. It did. I mean, if you were into it, you know, he was playing the solo stuff, you know, and if, you know, you really had to follow it. I'm not going to say I was a hardcore follower of it. I mean, unless it was really like right in my face, but 
you know, I, I think I kind of came more to hear the Motley tunes <laughs> probably more than anything else. Um, you know, whatever he would pull out of the vault, but you know, yeah, it was an interesting time. I mean, and, and Vince was under criticism back then. I mean, you know, the, the voice, how he looked, you know, is it the same, <laughs> you know, almost kind right. of how he's critiqued today to, to this, to this day. Um, you know, so it's, it, it just was an interesting time, you know, and, um, um, yeah, and then poison was trying to do what they were trying to be like the headliners during that time. And, you know, trying to see where their claim was, you know, drawing fans and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think poison was always hit or miss on crowd sizes based on day of the week and, and what city they were in. Seriously. I mean, they can have a sold out arena one night and then the next night there might be four or 5,000 there. Um, you right. know, it was always interesting with poison. Um, just when we you know based on who was coming to town. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, things were so much different, uh, back then as opposed to, you know, now. And the fact that, uh, you know, um, like you said, Vince, when my thing is when, when Vince, um, done his solo to me, he sounded more motley than motley sounded. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. You know, you know, I think the biggest thing was, are the people going to accept this or do we want to see the four guys on the stage? Right. You know, yeah. In, in, in front of us. And, you know, so I don't, you know, I don't know. And now, you know, the scary thing is the latest critiques we've been hearing about Vince on some of these, solo shows he's doing i guess he's playing some state fairs and um whatever else he's doing this summer he's playing spot shows and it's been a little all over all over the board the reviews yeah yeah but now i saw one the other day uh and they said man vince sounded great and i well, that's I, I, I clicked on yeah i clicked on the link and man he did i mean he was he was he looked he looked like he felt great and uh his voice sounded like it always and he sang every word so I, I liked it. I mean, I, I, and I'm hoping, you know, knock on wood, this COVID thing is over by next year and, and you and I can go party down at the uh, Panther Stadium with uh, Motley Crue Kiss. I'm, I'm sorry, Motley Crue Poison, uh, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that show. So hopefully uh, we'll get to do that next year. Uh, now, moving on to pro wrestling. 1990, 1993 was kind of a, a cusp year. For pro wrestling, uh, there was a lot of stuff in the works, Chris. Uh, mm -hmm. Eric Bischoff is promoted to executive vice president of World Championship Wrestling. Uh, and WCW, in the 90s, they were trying to find their new identity. Uh, the created minds assigned to accomplish this were either not qualified or they were stuck in the 80s uh, mentality of promoting shows. So uh, wrestling was definitely headed to another renaissance similar to the mid-80s, and Ted Turner wanted to be part of it. So Turner wanted uh, to not only be the top of professional wrestling, but he wanted to beat Vince McMahon. So in 1993, Turner's dreams were starting to move forward um, after he replaced um, executive producer Bill Watts with Eric Bischoff. Uh, 
Uh, due to his quick success, Bischoff was promoted to executive vice president a year later, which gave him control over the entire company. Um, and during that time, he started, um, you know, hiring, hiring, you know, bigger stars. Uh, and then of course, 19 July of 93, uh, he signed, um, uh, the biggest star in wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Uh, and I remember at this time I had started, you know, I, I just started back in the, or actually had started training and started back watching wrestling. And when I saw that Hulk Hogan was signed to WCW, I said, oh, my gosh, wrestling is getting ready to be huge because I knew that uh, it was kind of, you know, during this time, WCW, if you go back and watch some of their shows, the arenas were kind of darker and they did that on purpose just so that you couldn't see all the empty seats uh, in the buildings. But um, but man, they they signed the biggest star. We knew at that point it's going to be big. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I mean. When you sign, you know, a name like, like, you know, when there's big name signings from cross promotions of a Hogan, a Flair, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes, whatever, there's going to be, you know, eyebrows raised. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I think it excites fans. I mean, even Luger, when he was jumping from you know, NWA to the WWF, and, and, and it's like, okay, it's kind of like something big is, is, is going to happen. They're just not doing this to do it. <laughs> right. These people are, are, these are, these are main eventers in any city, in any arena, you know, in the country and around the world. So, um, you know, when a mid Carter got <laughs> switched from one promotion, I was like, ah, okay, whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, but you, you knew when the, when the big, big names that you knew there was, you know, something big was, was, was brewing or, or potentially going to be brewing. Yeah. Now, Chris, and Chris, did uh, you uh, attend any WCW events in 93? No. No, I did not. No, my first WCW event I ever attended was Fall Brawl in 95 in Asheville. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, I was actually at that show, too. Um, yes. I, I had went to um, a WCW house show uh, in 93, probably like January of 93, um, and uh, – wasn't very many people there. I remember that, but I remember the main event was like a eight man. I want to say like an eight man tag. Uh, and of course this, this was, this was uh, when they had the dangerous Alliance. So, uh, in that, on that main event, if I can remember, uh, it was, uh, the dangerous Alliance. It was, um, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco and, um, ravishing Rick rude. And they take they 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 seem like they took on Sting, um, the British Bulldog, and I can't remember who the other two were. Uh, oh, Ricky Steamboat and uh, mm -hmm. Brian Pillman. That was the right. uh, that was the the other four. Uh, it was it, it it was good, but like I remember sitting there in the Greensboro Coliseum watching this show, and that was like I. I didn't really know anybody because I had, like I said, I had, I had quit watching it. But my friends in school right. uh, said, "Hey, we need to go check this out." But I remember sitting there in that Greensboro Coliseum, looking around, going, "Man, there!" I remember coming here and looking. As far as you could look, you saw people. I'm seeing all, all these empty chairs. I'm like, "Man, something's going wrong." But then, you know, twelve months later or eleven months later, uh, Eric Bischoff is now in charge. He's he signed Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. 
uh, Bobby Heenan, and uh, you know, list goes on and on. But uh, and at that time, I think '93 wrestling was starting to take off, but in '94 it, it it blew up at that point. You know, uh, Hogan become the WCW World Champion. Him and Flair fight. We we finally got to see the feud we always wanted to see. Who's the greatest, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, just a good time to be uh, a wrestling fan back then. But it was also a better time for Terrific Tony because that's when I got my start in wrestling. Um, July of 1993, um, I uh, w- got in the ring for the first time and thought, oh, man, this will be fun until I got body slammed. <laughs> and it wasn't so much fun, right. Chris. Um, so f- over the next few months, you know, I got beat up and and uh, was pretty much their punching bag. And uh, had my first match in December of 93. As a matter of fact, Chris, I had my first match, um, let's see, the Sunday before Starcade 93. Because I remember getting a black eye, somehow or another. Uh, I got a black eye. And uh, I go to Starcade. And I, and I got this big-ass black eye, right? And the guy I'm with, one of the wrestlers I'm with, I'm like, hey, because I see people staring at me. And I'm like, hey, dude. Because I'm green, right? I'm green as grass. But now I think because I'm a wrestler, everybody knows who I am. So I tell my my, my friend when I'm with me, uh, I said, dude, look, those people are looking at me. I said, they, they must recognize me. They uh, must know I'm, I'm terrific Tony. He goes, nah, man, look at your black eye. <laughs> I forgot I had a black eye. <laughs> right. So I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, my God. But, no, I mean, it, it, you know, it was an interesting time in pro wrestling. Um, you know, the wars were going on and, you know, who could pick whose talent and, you know, who wants to spend more money. And it's just like, you know, it was, uh, hey, and, and the guys and the talent was cashing in. I mean, God, even Jesse Ventura was at this paper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pay-per-view was, as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You know, God, there's like crossover, Davy Boy Smith, and there's just like WWF crossover here, and like, you know, where's it? Where's it going? The lineup of the card was interesting, and um, yeah, you know, it kind of seemed like this. And I read that it seemed like this pay per view was kind of maybe shoved down the wrestlers' throats a little bit as WCW was trying to expand their their pay per view platform and squeeze another one in before you know, fall brawl. And, you know, it was just kind of like, all right, you know, where are we going, uh, going with this? But, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know, wrestling goes ebbs and flows. I mean, uh, I mean, Hey, look at, look at me. Uh, you know, well, I know we're in the COVID territory, but you know, just a couple of weeks ago at the WWE super show, I mean, the arena was very far from sold out. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, you know what they, I think they said there was about 7,500 fans there. I mean, arena that holds 18,000, you know, you know, I know it's cut off a little bit with the staging and stuff, but still very far from sold out. So wrestling that, you know, it ebbs and flows. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, it's when it's hot, it's the hottest thing on, on TV and, and uh, just a lot of transition with talent and, you know, guys moving in and out. And, you know, there's just, you know, you've got, Roman Reigns out there and you got Cena and those guys, but it's like, you know, when, where's the next stone cold Steve Austin coming from, you know, when's the next rock, (laughs) you know, coming and, and, uh, you know, 
God, I think that's what wrestling's almost waiting for at, at, at this point, you know, you know, to an extent that's going to take it to that next level. Um, yeah. you know, that NWO type storyline, that's going to, you know, blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think eventually that's going to happen. Um, but right now, Chris, uh, it seems like the independent organizations are, are they're all, mm-hmm. they're all on fire. They're having great turnouts and coming up, Chris, on um, September the 11th, uh, down in beautiful Rock Hill, South Carolina, a uh, new wrestling organization called the PWF, uh, which stands for Patriotic Wrestling Federation. They are putting on a tremendous card uh, featuring um, uh, a few Hall of Famers, uh, talking about the Rock and Roll Express. They're going to be there. Uh, so is Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA. Uh, that, that's going to be great. And right now, I'm going to take a little break. Uh, they have a commercial. Uh, they are, are our sponsors this week on the Binge Buster Show. So, fans, we'll be right back in just a second. We want you to take a listen to this tremendous card coming your way in Rock Hill on September the 11th. PWF presents live pro wrestling fundraiser for the 809 Foundation. Saturday, September the 11th at the Rock Hill High School in Rock Hill, South Carolina. On this card, see wrestling legends America's heartthrob Magnum TA and the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff. In action, you will see Sweet Dreams versus Dirty. Dion Johnson taking on Chase Emery with Derek Vanderford. Dirty Joe versus Big Cat Dalton Dallas. Antonio Morgan versus Bosworth. Money and Power versus All Worm No Soul. For the PWF Tag Team Championship, King Enterprises takes on the Moonshine Express. For the PWF Heavyweight Title, Myrick Moore versus Jake Jacobs. And in the main event, WWE Hall of Famers, the Rock and Roll Express, takes on the Golden Gladiators with Zach Thomas. That's Saturday, September the 11th at the Rock Hill High School for the 809 Foundation. 320 West Springdale Road in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Tickets ringside are only $15. General admission is only $10. This event is sponsored by American Air Heating and Cooling, Cardinal Logistics, Crestnoff and Associates. That's Saturday, September the 11th at the Rock Hill High School for the 809 Foundation. 320 West Springdale Road in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Be there! All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. Chris, I kind of sound like Tony Schiavone there, didn't I? Man, it sounded great. And who, Rock Hill High School? You, you know, I, I, I got to say, it is the 20-year anniversary of the 9-11 attacks here on our soil here in the U.S. But, you know, man, if I'm the Golden Gladiators, they better bring their A-plus game because Ricky and Robert are going to be ready for them, man, the Rock and Roll Express. You're talking Rock Hill was a staple, I believe, for – some Jim Crockett TV tapings back in the day. So those boys and Magnum and Nikita, no more needs to be said there. They're going to be having some flashbacks and uh, that's a loaded card from top to bottom. I'm telling you, Chris, and uh, I anticipate that place being sold out. Uh, I know I talked, I talked to the uh, promoter a couple of days ago uh, and he told me, he's like, man, he said, Tony, I I really think we're going to pack this place out. Uh, everybody wants to come and see the Rockland Express against the Golden Gladiators. And then a few weeks ago, I went down to School of Morton, uh, and I sat down mm-hmm. and talked to Ricky for a little bit. And Ricky told me, he said, Tony, 
He said, uh, he said, one thing Robert and I plan on doing when we get down to Rock Hill is we're going to take those masks off the Golden Gladiators and prove to the world wow. who they are. Uh, so I'm excited uh, to, to find out if Rick and Robert are able to take the, take the mask off to prove who they are. But we shall see. We shall see. Uh, but all that's coming up uh, September the 11th there in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I, myself, I am not booked on this show, but I am going to be there. I'm going to probably, hopefully, sit down and get a, a word or two with Ricky and Robert um, and uh, and Ivan and, um, I'm sorry, and Nikita and Magnum TA. Hopefully, uh, maybe get that planned out and get them on the, on the Binge Buster show at some point. Um, cause man, Nikita and, uh, Magnum right there just in itself, um, is, uh, I mean, so much history right there. And you, you go back to, uh, the great American bash in 1986. I know Ivan, uh, I keep saying Ivan, man, Ivan must be on my mind today, but Nikita and Magnum spilled some blood there in the great state of South Carolina. Oh man, absolutely. I mean, God, the stories and and the feuds with the bashes and the, the best of seven series and gosh, you know, what, what, what could have been for Magnum if it wasn't for the, you know, for the, for the, you know, the accident and, and, and his, his potential run with flair for the NWA world heavyweight championship. And, you know, rock and roll was just so on fire with the tag team scene. And, and even Ricky to an extent with, with some of his singles runs with flair and, and, and a couple others. And boy, you know, if I'm a fan there, old school, new school, get there early, get in the door, get some autographs from these guys, take some pictures. And I mean, you know, you, know, you just don't know how long these guys are going to keep going, you know, doing this stuff. So you got to take advantage when they come to your town and whew, Rock Hill's going to be on, on fire September 11th and God knows what could happen, but those gladiators got to come ready. And, you know, you know, the Kita Magnum and, and, professional wrestling right in your hometown, right outside the greater Charlotte area. And you know, you're, you're in, you're, you're in flair country. You show up at Rock Hill high school in, in a week and a half. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's going to be a great, uh, a fun time. Bring out your whole family fans and check this out. Cause, uh, you definitely won't be disappointed. Uh, Chris, uh, I know you, you got, you got a, you got a vacation coming. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, end this podcast so you can get packed and get on the road. But, man, uh, I wish you a safe trip, safe travel, and uh, we'll be back next week to uh, record a second or another episode of the Binge Buster Show. Yeah, yeah, heading, heading back home, heading back up uh, to, to, well, was, was back in the day WWF territory, but it's, it's kind of wide open now. But, you know, where WWE headquarters is located up in Connecticut, got some family business to take care of this Labor Day weekend and, and, and a family wedding, so looking forward to that and, and, and obviously seeing my my relatives, but, um, no, Tony, man, Hey, we rocked and rolled it, uh, tonight. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll catch you on the other side of Labor Day weekend here. And we'll definitely, uh, be hyping, uh, that September 11th show up next week and, uh, whatever else might be happening in the professional wrestling and, uh, and, and music world and, and anything else that that's going on. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be a great time. Uh, fans for, uh, for Chris, I'm Tony. We'll see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.